0: Section 6 of Unaddressed Letters by Anonymous, edited by Frank Athelstane Swettenham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Of Love in Fiction I've been reading Casabraccio, and I must talk to you about it. Of course, I do not know whether you have read it or not, so if I bore you, forgive me. I was much interested in Part one rather disappointed with part two and it struck me that mr crawford showed signs in part three of wariness with the characters of his own creation there are nine people who play important parts in the story and the author kills six of them the first an abbess dies naturally but conveniently the second an innkeeper's daughter dies suddenly by misadventure the third a nun dies one is not told how when or where but she dies This is disappointing, because she promised to be a very interesting character. Then the fourth, daughter of number three, commits suicide, because, having run away from her husband and got tired of the other man, the husband declines to have her back. The fifth, the most uninteresting and weak-kneed individual, is an artist, husband of number four, and he dies, apparently to make himself disagreeable, while the sixth, the original cause of all the trouble, is murdered by the innkeeper who has been hunting him like a good christian for twenty years determines to kill him when found under the mistaken impression that he eloped with and disposed of his daughter number two no one can deny that the author has dealt out destruction with impartiality and it is rather strange for mr crawford often likes to use his characters for two or even three books that is why i think he got a little tired with these particular people and determined to bury them out of this lot he has kept only three for future vivisection and ultimate extinction i trust that if you have not read the book already you will be induced by what i have told you to get casabraccio for you will find many interesting human problems discussed in it and many others suggested for the consideration of the reader here for instance is a text which may well give you pause the widowhood of the unsatisfied is hell compared with the bereavement of complete possession now what do you say to that for i am sure the somewhat bald if not positively repellent look and sound of the words will not deter you from considering the truth or falseness of the statement i do not altogether like the theory and one may even be permitted to differ from the conclusion contained in the text. But the reason why this sentence arrested my attention is because you quote, L'absence ni le temps ne sont rien qu'on aime. And later you appeal to the East as a place of broader views, of deeper feeling, of longer, wider experience than the West. You appeal to the East, and this is what a Persian poet says All that is by nature twain, Fears and suffers by the pain of separation love is only perfect when itself transcends itself and one with that it loves in undivided being blends now how do you reconcile the western with the eastern statement and will either support the Casabraccio theory you tell me the time and absence count for nothing as between lovers the persians say that separation under these circumstances is the one calamity most to be dreaded and that love cannot be perfect without union the french writer evidently believed that absence makes the heart grow fonder while the eastern without saying out of sight out of mind clearly thought that love in absence is a very poor substitute for the passion which sees hears and touches the object of its adoration undoubtedly the eastern expressed the feeling not only of his own countrymen but of all other orientals and probably of western lovers as well but if this separation is a matter of necessity then the western character the feeling of loyalty towards and faith in the object of our love helps us to the belief that partings and tears and absence none need fear provided the regard is mutual it is a good creed and the only one to uphold but we are not so blind that we cannot see how often it fails to secure even fidelity well who would deny the persians contention that the bond cannot be perfect in absence the widowhood of the unsatisfied as hell compared with the bereavement of complete possession no certainly it does not look well it is hardly worth while to inquire into the bereavement of a complete possession that was not only satisfied but satiated therefore the comparison must be between perfect love realized and love that is only not perfected because unrealized if that is so then the text appears to be false in theory for inasmuch as nothing earthly can be more perfect than that realization of mutual affection which the same persian describes as she and i no more but in one undivided being blended so the severance of that union by death must be the greatest of human ills the widowhood of the unsatisfied admits of so many special constructions each of which would accentuate the despair of the unsatisfied that it makes the consideration rather difficult but in any case the magnitude of the loss must be imaginative it is only therefore by supposing that no realization could be so perfect as to equal the ideal of imagination that the theory of the text could be established if that be granted and it were also admitted that the widowhood of this unsatisfied imagination were as hell compared with the bereavement of complete possession That would merely show that complete possession is worth very little, and no one need grieve because their longings, after a purely imaginary heaven, had been widowed before being wedded to the hell of such a disappointing possession. In any case, I think one is forced to the conclusion that the man, and one must assume it to be a man, in spite of the word widowhood, who should thus express his feelings, would never agree that... L'absence ni le temps ne sont rien qu'on aime. That is, of course, supposing he has not got beyond the protesting and unsatisfied stage. Once arrived, he would doubtless subscribe to the phrase with virtuous stolidity. Personally, I think, as you probably do, that these words of Dumas give a most charming description of the best form of that true friendship, which time cannot weaken nor absence change. For friends, it is admirable. For lovers, no. I have not sought out this riddle for the purpose of airing my own views, but to draw from you an expression of yours. You say my letters are the most tantalizing in the world, as I never tell you anything you want to know. Just leading up to what most interests you, and then breaking off to something else. If there is nothing in this letter to interest you, at least I have kept to one subject, and I have discussed it as though I were expressing a real opinion." One can hardly do more than that. You see, if I gave you no opportunity of scolding me, you might never write. End of Section 6